0: Beloved, in the Lord Jesus Christ, it is a good custom uh, that we have in our history to lead up to this day of Christmas, the commemoration of Jesus' birth, a very significant event, not simply as our world celebrates it, but as we who know the Scriptures understand it to be one of the greatest events in all of history, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ as Separated in many respects, what came before him and what's going to come after him. And so while we commemorate these days and this day in particular of Christmas, let us not also forget that the very day we meet, today in particular, the Lord's Day, is a reminder also that not only has he come in the flesh, not only has he suffered and died. In our nature, but he's risen again. This is the hope of the church of the living God. Now, we can say, in light of all that the world sets before us, that there is a time of festivities in our world that seeks to try to emulate something of the happiness that everyone, in some measure, is seeking for. Everyone likes to be happy. We don't like to be sad. Sadly, many times, Christians and those in the church as well are caught up in all the festivities of this season. And as we are home together as families, as we will soon enter the new year, we're we're caught up in all the busyness of life and of families. And it's wonderful and good But we also know that after this season has passed and as we enter into the weeks of January, it's often the most depressing time. When most people are having these gifts and giving behind them and their credit card bill comes in the mail, uh, they need to pay. Now, what they had hoped was going to bring them happiness and in light of all this and lack of people and, and food and all the festivities, they are now plunged into sorrow. But not only this, I think if we would go to the supermarket now even and into the coming weeks of the new year, there, there is a certain heightened sense of fear. During the pandemic, we, we saw it evident I still believe it's somewhat evident also today. There is a certain sense of uncertainty all around us in this world in which we live today. There is fear. Where are we headed? Where are we going to be? Five, should the Lord tarry, ten years from now. You can have a computer chip planted in our brain and helping us to make decisions. Where's our world going? There is uncertainty, there is fear, there is confusion, there are lies. Is it any wonder people would be depressed in record numbers and turning to various things to try to be happy? Well, happiness is often defined as something we are experiencing in a moment because of our circumstances or what's happening to us. A very superficial and shallow emotion. Very much different than joy. Joy is rooted in the heart. Oh, it can come to express itself through our mouths and through our actions and through our very thoughts. But joy is is, is, is having a certain sense of confidence that we know God, He knows us. And we have a relationship with Him that cannot change. Jesus coming to earth was not a happy occasion for his parents, in particular, and for many in the world. If you think of Caesar Augustus, he wasn't very happy that Jesus came, this king that he didn't know anything about, and he tried to take care of that problem as well. But Jesus' coming was not to provide us with some measure of happiness, with some sort of gift, and some sort of uh, comfort in this present world. Though no, he came to give us joy. Deep rooted joy. There's no fear in joy. There's no distress in joy. There's no worry in joy. And that's how we ought to understand and live out the reality of Christmas. Also, today. And that's why I want to bring us to this passage. I know you you had this passage expounded this morning. And in God's providence, we're going to look at it again tonight. But I only want to focus in particular upon what the angel says in the opening statement to, to the shepherds. Verse 10. The angel said unto them, fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. And my theme is Christmas casts out fear with three thoughts. First, the good tidings. Second, the great joy. And third, the group of people or all people. Children, I think we can only begin to imagine If we closed their eyes and thought at what it must have been for these shepherds who were out taking care of their flocks, we read, by night. And it was like every other night. There was nothing extraordinary about the night. It was the shepherds caring about their normal business when suddenly, suddenly, unexpectedly, Powerfully, the angel of the Lord stood there right before their eyes. Now, we've never seen an angel, I suspect. But certainly, those who did see angels, even in the Old Testament, had never seen this. Because notice what it says. Verse 9, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. Light shines directly in their shadows, but this light is all-encompassing light of God himself. What a shocking occurrence, children, this must have been. Especially as these were likely Jewish shepherds, And knowing seeing God or an angel could mean death, they were certainly petrified with fear. No one can stand in the presence of the Lord and live. And yet here the glory of the Lord is said to accompany this angels and they were sore afraid. Do you know fear? you ever been afraid? What do you fear today? What's perhaps, if you had to write down on a piece of paper, if you just took the time and, and, and spent 15 minutes thinking about what is my greatest fear? What, what would it be? probably would include things that you you can't control. Things that maybe could happen in life that you have no participation in even then coming upon you. But are our fears even always real? Well, when we think of scriptural fear... I think we need to recognize that if we come face to face with the living God, our creator, and the Holy Spirit opens our understanding and our hearts and minds to behold him, as it were, to to believe what he's saying in his word, then we know a measure of fear. This wasn't always the case. And if you think of Adam and Eve before they fell, they met with God regularly. He he came walking in the cool of the day in the garden as if, even on the day of their fall, as if he was coming to meet and speak to his children. Where are you? There was no fear until that day. And then Adam and Eve recognized something they had never experienced before, Fear. Fear of God. Uh, yes, in a, in a sense, it was wrong fear, but it was fear nevertheless, which they recognized they were now separated from God. They had broken communion with God. They had sinned against God. They ran away from God. They were afraid. That's Adam's answer. Why were you hiding from me? We were afraid. And this fear, in some sense or other, everyone knows. At the end of the world, when when Christ, the one who's born, we're commemorating, is coming again in the clouds of glory, every eye shall see him. And particularly those who do not know him will tremble with fear. Even crying, as we read in Revelation, that the rocks and hills will fall on them because they are afraid. So I think we can rightly conclude that a great part of the reason we fear, especially being if we are still in our unbelieving state, is, is because of our sin. Our Coming short of what we had been created to be. We feel separation from God. Maybe even fear of death. Because we know accounts must be settled. And so in some ways, you can begin to understand and relate to what these shepherds experience. Sometimes as we're going about our daily duties in life, sometimes you just come to church as a normal course of life and suddenly fear can grip us. And part of the reason we see this with the shepherds is I think because they also recognize their own unsuitability. They had some measure of recognizing in themselves they were the unfit of society. In in those days, it seems as if there was this certain sense of the shepherds. They they wouldn't even be allowed, I, I read in places, they wouldn't even be allowed to testify in a court of law because their word wasn't trustworthy. And maybe you feel like that as well. In some sense, you recognize in your relationship to God, if you're still in unbelief, you recognize, who am I? What do I deserve? And there's fear. And now, even in this, we realize the message of Christmas... The message of salvation that's going to be proclaimed here by the angels was not sent to the wise. It was not sent to the rulers and palaces. It was not sent to those who were mighty, but to the weak, the wounded, the fearful, the lonely, the poor, the ignorant, sinners, who it's a measure, I trust, of who they actually were. Because this description of shepherds is is not simply about their outward condition. It's, It's also something about what was true of their own souls. When they saw the glory of the Lord and saw the angel of the Lord, there had to have been a recognition of how dirty they were, how sinful they were. And it's in light of this that, that fear is magnified. But notice the shepherds were not consumed. A wonder of Christmas, the glory of God. In whose no, presence no sinner could stand. And yet the shepherds there stand in amazement and wonder. And having these words even spoken to them fear not. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You could imagine that these shepherds who who experienced this moment would have been all ears. Don't be afraid. I'm trembling. I'm shaking. I'm, I'm petrified. But don't be afraid. The authoritative voice of the angel speaks the message he had been sent with of God himself. Not a message of, You wicked people are you ought to be destroyed or anything like it, but rather don't be afraid. This angel's not speaking his own words. No, the angels were perfect ministering spirits of God. This angel is communicating precisely and exactly what God wanted the shepherds to hear that evening. And even we could say it's precisely obviously in his providence the words he wants you to hear tonight. The message was tidings. It was news. It was good news. Many times we receive bad news. We go to the doctor or receive test results and it's It's bad news. We have a phone call or we hardly are able to turn on the news today and there's not something about some bad news, some sudden announcement or or events happening in the world. But here was a very different announcement. It was good news. It was good tidings. And the word used here by Luke is the same word used in the New Testament. Paul says, for example, in Romans 10, verse 15... How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. We might even say the angel, this messenger of God, came and stood, as it were, whether he's standing or lifted off the ground, whatever it was, he spoke, preached the gospel. That's what this angel is doing. News from heaven. It was the evangel. It was true news. It was good news. And it was news not to be changed at some later date or removed from the internet site altogether because it actually contained a lot of false information. No, this news has been printed and repeated through the ages. It was a message of God Himself to the angel, to the shepherds, to us. It's true, it's accurate. It's worth believing. And so why was this good news? What made this news so special it took an angel to announce it? Well, probably the children can even answer this. It's because with this message was the message that God had come to dwell in. Among men. Emmanuel, God with us, the long awaited promise from Genesis 3, the seed of the woman, has come in the fullness of time. It's happened. This is the good news. God had come down and He dwells among men. He is now putting in action into effect what He had promised long ago. A salvation we could never have accomplished. No one in the Old Testament could accomplish. But He is now, with His mighty hand and His outstretched arm, performing salvation. The devil will roar. He will use Caesar Augustus to kill all those children around Bethlehem. But he will not prevail. Because this is God's work. And he who had been with his father from eternity at his father's right hand. He who spoke with his father before time began. And had said, I come to do thy will. Oh God. The one through whom and by whom this whole world and all the universe was created. The one in whom was the Father's delight. The Son of God. The only begotten. The righteous. The just. The holy Son of God. Born now today in Bethlehem. That's the gospel. The angels came to preach to the shepherds. The great shepherd himself has come to seek his lost sheep. The lion out of the true uh, tribe of Judah was come. This is the good news that the angels were proclaiming. Is this has it been? Is it today? Good news for you. You see, Christmas is really a time of reflection. A time of reflection where we consider these past acts of God in salvation to accomplish His purpose. Am I a participant? Am I one who believes in this message of the gospel? Or is Christmas time of worry and busyness and sadness. My friend, are you burdened with sin? Do you feel in yourselves what these shepherds must have felt in the presence of the glory of God that shone round about them? Well, tonight I can say to you, don't be afraid. God isn't coming to consume you. You deserve that, you know it, you would acknowledge it. But that's not why he's coming to you tonight with the gospel. He's coming to you that you would hear his voice and you would hear, don't be afraid because I have sent my son. This is the gospel news. This is the news for poor sinners as the shepherds came to acknowledge and to know themselves to be. And for you who can't carry on in your own way and, and with your multitude of sins day after day, you're trying to find happiness in all the things of this world and you're coming short. He is saying, look to me. Fear not. My son Is come. And for those who have no hope, this message of the angel is this. I bring you good tidings of great joy. And so this is why this news is good news. Because God has come to be reconciled. God did it. It wasn't because we were seeking after him. The shepherds were just about their business at night like any other night. But now God came. And suddenly, he makes known to them his salvation in Jesus. And this event was all that is contained in the work of Christ. In some respects, it's the good news of the gospel. His being conceived, his being born, his, his living a life of righteousness, his his. his suffering in in Gethsemane and Golgotha and His his entering the grave after His death and His resurrection. All of it points to His work because He had now come. He would fulfill the promises of God. He would indeed pay the debt we could not pay. He would earn a righteousness we could not earn. And He gives it freely to all who look to Him And are not afraid. He did this for the ungodly. So, friend. Sinner. Even after we have tasted of this goodness. Of the good news of the evangel. We can. Through our own sin. Our own backsliding. Cause darkness. Separation. We feel it. And so the message tonight comes to you. Also, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. There is a way to be received again into favor with God, to be rescued from your sin, even your backsliding. And it's only, only through His Son. Any person, here, any person in the hearing of the message of the gospel who receives christ this person will come to know the peace of god that passes understanding this is the message of the gospel that those who have heard this message are called to bring to the ends of the earth a message of hope forgiveness a message of great joy the English reformer, William Tyndale, translated and, and defined the word of the gospel, Evangelion, he said, It signifies a good, merry, glad and joyful tiding that makes a man's heart glad and makes him sing and dance and leap for joy. That's what the gospel does. And if the good news of the gospel has not brought joy into our heart, we, we really need to pause and ask ourselves, have we grasped the significance of the gospel of Christmas? Have we believed and rested in the good news that here the angel brings? Well, that brings us to the second thought The great joy. Christmas casts out fear and in its place brings great joy. Are you, am I, a joyful Christian? Do we have inner and abiding joy? That's a profound question. It's not simply a smile on our face and everything is okay, but a deep rooted sense, a confidence, a belief, a resting upon something outside of myself that brings me joy. That nothing in this world could change. We joy in this one who was born. We joy in this one who has come. Who has given all, everything that we, who deserve sadness. Who deserve wailing and gnashing of teeth. He brings joy. Because he bridges the gap between us and God. He, he paves the way for sinners, if you will, to return back to the Father. This ought to bring us, if we know in some measure what Christ has done for us, it ought to bring unmeasured joy. Can you imagine if you were on death row and, and unexpected to you? You didn't know appeals were going on in the courts, or you didn't know the ruler of the land, and one day into the jail comes someone with a certificate that pronounces you free. I can't but imagine the person who believes that message and follows the jailer out of the cell isn't going to leap for joy. What greater joy could you conceive of than one who is burdened and weighed down with sin, convicted by the Holy Spirit that they cannot appear before God except to be cast out and then to hear the good tidings of the gospel that Jesus Christ has come, God with us, and gives himself away to sinners and when he's received, the burden of sin is gone. And the peace of God that passes understanding fills the heart and mind. What joy! Do you know that joy? Well, I'm not saying that we know it to its fullest extent or we live in it every day. Do you know it? Do you want to know it more? More. You see, it's in believing the word of the gospel that we will come to experience also this joy. What greater joy and awe can fill the heart of one than this joy. To know that I am reconciled to my creator. That actually I am adopted again through Christ as his son and daughter. We hear indeed the word of the gospel and the word of God in a very different way and Christmas has a very different meaning to us from that day or time forward. We begin to recognize in some measure the great love that God has toward us. We see his mercy and his grace. Our souls are, are melted within us when we taste of this gospel. And our heart rejoices with joy. Some of you may be seeking to find joy or happiness in all the things of this life. You've tried it. Maybe some of you have grown rather old in trying to fulfill that joy. And you realize it's just not working. Well, the angel is telling you the answer. Don't be afraid, for I bring you good tidings of great joy. And as believers who have come to know this joy and have tasted of this joy... Isn't it true that you have come to recognize what you saw before as serving the Lord as being somehow cold or dry or, or maybe even boring? You've come to recognize that to fear the Lord is delight, is true joy. Not drudgery as you once imagined. What was it? young people that moved the heart of the young man in Luke 15 as he had taken all of his substance of his father, his inheritance and he went out and he had happiness for a while spent all of his living and he wasn't happy anymore but this thought coming into his heart my father in my father's house Even the servants are treated better than I have now. I will return to my father. I will say to him, I have sinned. When he goes back to his father, you know what happened. He's embraced, he's given sandals, he's given a staff, he's given a ring, he's given a feast. And he isn't joyful. Oh, he must have been at the same moment recognizing he smelled like a pig and he had this joy in his heart that no one could take away. Are you living in this joy? If you have tasted of the gospel, or are you still living in fear or succumb to fear even after grace? What happened to David when he had sinned against God, adultery, and murder? And he writes in his psalm, Restore unto me what? The joy of thy salvation. How did he know what he was missing? Because he tasted it before. And he wanted it back. Maybe that's where you're at. And this message of Christmas through the messenger of the angel has come to you tonight. Don't be afraid. Come again. He receives sinners graciously through the Christ who's who's been born. This is the good tidings that I bring to you, the gospel. It is a message of great joy. God has never cast out a returning sinner. He graciously, lovingly, forgivingly embraces everyone. And the word that the angel uses here is, 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 is really great. It's really mega joy. Abundant and overflowing joy. So full, so abundant, it can't but overflow. You can't keep it, as Jesus said, hidden under a bushel, a basket. You can't contain it within your heart. It breaks forth with joy. What a difference here between the joy of this world and the joy of the people of God. The joy of this world and the happiness is a moment. It's fleeting. It's temporary. It disappears. But this joy is abiding. It rests upon the heart of God himself. And when we begin to understand Christmas... That God has come down and joined himself to our very nature. And when we believe that he is indeed the son of God who was come to give life when we deserve to die and we have been set at liberty, joy, joy, uh, abundant joy fills our heart. Then we're no longer heading to an uncertainty, a questionable, a doubtful future. But then, in one measure or other, we are longing, we are anticipating the eternal glory, eternal joy of the people of God. A joy no one will be able to take away. A a joy that shall never be tainted, that shall never... uh, seem to disappear for a time. No sickness, no lack of earthly possession. No one can rob us of this joy. Are you living in light of Christmas, in light of this joy? Or have you lost sight of the Christmas message of the angel that came, the messenger from God, Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Has God changed? Or have you? This same message came from the throne room of God. It's the same message that for those of you who have heard it, believed it, received it, have known. But has God changed? Or is this message still the same after all these years? Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Have you lost sight of the glory that these shepherds saw? Oh, the angels, after the, the multitude of angels came and suddenly they were gone. But then they obeyed the word. They went to find the stable, the manger, and and the babe. And finding him filled with joy, no one could stop them from speaking of this joy. What has stopped you from speaking of this joy? Is worry robbing you of this joy? Are you so busy with the circumstances of life and all the uncertainties of the future robbing you? Or has your unbelief actually robbed you of the message? Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. This was the message of the angels to the shepherd. Someone once said, when God gets the glory, then I get the joy. God doesn't promise us an easy life. He doesn't promise us no afflictions and trials. Actually, quite the opposite. He says, all these things shall come upon you. And if you follow me and walk in obedience to me, you will even suffer persecution following in obedience to him there is none who can take away this joy and when we see God's glory being unfolded even within us that brings us to a place of humility a place of how how could God be doing this in me it's not because of me it's because of him and it brings great joy When you give God the glory for what he has given you, when, when God gets the glory for Christmas, when God gets the glory for all that you own and all that you have for your job, your spouse, your, your family, and, and, and all of that, when he gets the glory, you have the joy. But when you want the glory, you will have no joy. If you take the credit for your work, your family, your children, your, your, your success, and whatever else you may imagine, you'll have no joy. Paul says in Philippians 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and your mind through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these thing. Paul's saying the same thing. The angel is saying don't be anxious about anything. Don't fear. But rejoice. Let your needs and cares be made known to God in prayer and thanksgiving and the God of peace will keep you. He will keep our hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so, Paul says, think on this. Let it settle in your mind, into your heart. Let the Christmas message, if you will, of the word of the angel settle in. Don't be afraid. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy then in the face of disappointments, and in the face of uncertainties, even death and persecution, we may have joy. We will be like Jesus, who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. And when we look to him, when we believe the tidings of the gospel, we may, with joy, as he did. Jesus said in John 15, The Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, And abide in his love. These things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. And Peter says, We rejoice in so much that we are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, we may be glad also with exceeding joy. This isn't some kind of tingling that reaches the toes and our fingertips. Some kind of emotion that stirs within us. But it's a rooted joy. Oh, it may have outward manifestation in our bodies, but it is a heartfelt joy. I'm thinking of also uh, Peter and John as they're walking up to the temple after Jesus' resurrection. And they see this lame man laying there. And he's begging, can you give me something? And they say, silver and gold, we have nothing. But in the name of Jesus, I say to you, rise up and walk. And the man gets up. And he doesn't just walk. He leaps. He leaps. He's rejoicing. He's filled with joy. If we understand the message of Christmas, if we grasp the significance of the gospel message, how can we not rejoice with joy unspeakable? This joy will bring us to our knees and humility. And it will cause us to leap up in worship of the triune God. Do you know the joy in the face of difficulty and suffering and trial? That joy still fills your breast. and You come to the end of your wisdom, your ability... And you turn to God in prayer and commit your way to Him and trust. There is joy. And do you know what it is to come to Him in a way of confession? Confession of sin and looking to Him for forgiveness and help against temptation. And when He speaks to us through His Word even tonight and He says, don't be afraid. I come to you with these good, glad, tidings." How can it be if we've tasted this joy of which our mouth, if we have, will be filled with praises to all eternity isn't open now? And I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to me. Why? Why? You know, when uh, the two disciples were walking after Jesus' resurrection along the way, they were looking down. They were sad. Jesus had died. They didn't know what to do. And this man comes walking up behind them, and he starts talking to them. Why are you so sad? And they tell him all the things that have happened in Jerusalem. Don't you know? You're a stranger. And then he begins, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, to declare unto them who Jesus was. And their heart burned within them. And maybe you're asking, well, how can I know? How can I know this joy if I don't know this joy? How how could this joy be for me? Well, that brings us to the third thing we need to look at in this message of the angels. That Christmas casts out fear because it's a message to a group of people, not only the shepherds, but as the angel says, to all peoples. They were told this message comes to them. That is true. But we know from the immediate context of this story, the message is not only to the Old Testament Jews, but it, it flows over even to the Gentiles. In the New Testament, we learn that this gospel message, this message, don't be afraid, I bring you good tidings of great joy, was to all people. In the New Testament, it's very clear that the message that came from God himself to the men he was sending in the New Testament, that this message was to all people in all ages. Because Christ had come, Christmas had happened, and the wall of division, the wall of partition that seemed to have been erected between Jew and Gentile in the Old Testament was destroyed. It was flattened. He is one man, the new man, the new Adam that has come, that brings together Jew and Gentile in God. And we don't say that somehow God doesn't favor His people, Israel, or whatever that means when Paul is talking about them eventually coming to the knowledge of salvation. No. What we're talking about, though, is there is now no genetic distinction. It is Jesus who had come for all people to hear this good tiding of great joy. And he continues, the angel does, by stating, that is born to you this day a Savior which shall be to all people. This is God's message. He will continue of goodwill toward men. And you know what happened when the angels eventually come to that manger where they see this baby Jesus lying. We read that they came in haste. And when they came, Couldn't contain it in themselves. They went. They made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. All the world knows Jesus was born on Christmas Day. Thankfully, there's more people, it seems, who want to have the real meaning of Christmas come back into our culture. But you and I are the ones who are called, like the shepherds, to ensure the real understanding of Christmas returns. If we have tasted this joy... God wants us, like the shepherds, to make known abroad the saying. What the angel said. What is it? Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy. Which shall be to all people. To Joe Biden. All people. To your neighbor, to your friend, to your spouse, to your child, to you this day. You also are the ones who have heard the message of the angel. It, I think if the shepherds were alive today, you could, you could well imagine. If, if the shepherds were sitting up here on this stage and, and speaking this word of the gospel of good news, they would be saying, in many ways, the things that you have heard tonight. You would see their joy. This reminds me of a story of some miners who had uh, gone to out west during the days of the gold rush. And there were several of them working together on a piece of property. And they had been digging and suddenly came across a huge vein of gold. And they kept digging and they found more and more. And, and they knew that they had to go back town and to eventually get supplies. And they agreed among the three of them. We're not going to say a word to anybody. Or we'll be surrounded with people. So they packed it together and said No we get our supplies and come back. Went to town. Got their supplies. And as they were loading up their, their, their horses and donkeys, the whole town was standing there waiting to follow. And they looked at each other and they said, Who snitched? And the people said, None of them did. They didn't need to say a word. It was written all over your faces. Well, I could say with these shepherds, it wasn't this happiness of finding gold. We talked about that kind of happiness that will fade after a while. But this joy that was in the hearts of these shepherds, if you would see them, you would have seen, as it were, their face glowing. There is no one excluded in this message of the angel, which shall be to all people. All manner of people, all tribes and nations, all all tongues and races. This message of Christmas is for you. A message of good tidings of great joy. This is the message of hope for sinners. This is the message our world needs today. In all of its confusion, in all of its lies, in all of what we don't know is going to happen. This is the message of Christmas we need today. The angel, in essence, was saying, I am the bearer. Imagine the the angel for a moment What this must have been for this particular angel to have been selected and chosen to bring the message. Go down to the shepherds. They're abiding there in the fields or just about their casual business. Maybe some of them are dozing off. And suddenly the light of the glory of God shines and the angel speaks to these trembling shepherds don't be afraid. I bring you good tiding of great joy which shall be to all people. God, the one who has sent us, is telling you he's come. He's come to fulfill his word and his promises. And this message is coming to you today. Receive it. Believe it. Rest in it. Oh, you might say it makes a little difference that I hear this message came to the shepherds. Even that it's come to people in the past. And you say, I needs to be a personal message to you. Well, let's continue on. The angel said to them, for behold, fear not, I bring you good tidings of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. For you, sinner, struggler, fearer, doubter. If this is your burden, hear this word of the angel, of the messenger. Take it to heart. May you be like Simeon and Anna, who later in this history we will find were waiting for redemption and consolation and they heard and seen and held in their arms this very one. Maybe you say, I'm poor, I'm, I'm unworthy, I'm black with sin. Look at the shepherds, they were dirty, they were sinners, they were unworthy. Yet the Lord comes to them and says, don't be afraid. Maybe you say all these things are complicated. I talk to this person and they say this and then I talk to another person and they say that. Well, you could probably talk to the shepherds and the most illiterate people group at that age who probably couldn't have strung a whole sentence together maybe even and they would have told you what they saw. And will you believe the message that they communicate to you from the angel? Don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Do you desire joy? Children, teenagers, older ones. Jesus was born in a stable, put in a manger bed. So that even children... Are welcome to come and see. Let's pray. Lord, let the wonder of Christmas never escape us. Remove our fear, use even our fear to draw us and drive us to the one who casts out fear. And do give us real abiding joy. Help us to hear the message of the gospel for the first time or afresh and anew, that our lips would speak forth the glory of the living God. Go with us now into this week, the last week of this year, and help us as the shepherds to speak to those around us of the tidings that we have heard today. Forgive our sins in so often looking within and seeing our joy wither and fade away. But help us to look to him who has come in the fullness of time. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.